welcome to the Parents at Work Teen Clinic, Episode 1, High School Hurdles and How to Actively Support Your Teen. So many teens I know start the new year with a fresh start, a fresh approach, but it's about now that the uh, that fresh approach can start to wear off and the reality of another year, almost like a Groundhog Day approach, starts to, to settle in. And if patterns of behavior that were there last year or that are in their lives that are used as coping mechanisms are not really addressed or worked on before in the holidays or outside school, certainly, they'll come up again and take away that fresh start resolution. So how can we be proactive and spot issues before they become problems? Remember, all behavior is a form of communication. And teens are working with a brain that is rejigging to deal with the new requirements of upcoming independence and more complex relationships at the same time as working through learning an education system that has a pace and an agenda that can't easily bend to individual growth patterns. Add that to a home environment where, for example, we might find that uh, two parents are now working and they've gone back to work and they are experiencing the pressures they're experiencing. There might be less time for, you know, that relaxed, fun, playful experience at home. And so there are competing pressures in their lives. The school environment can also feel like a very dangerous place for someone who's suddenly becoming more aware of the risks of getting it wrong. And hormones have made that risk of getting it wrong quite prevalent. Uh, Same with um, our home life, how you have brought them up, whether they take your um, encouragement and criticism in the, you know, let's do uh, parentheses here, right or the wrong way. Um, whether they feel that if they do something wrong, they'll be shouted at. It just builds the the fear of making sure that they do something right or feeling like they're letting you down. Hormones make you feel like everyone is watching you and the phones and access to social media 24 hours a day, you know, that risk becomes actually even greater. Uh, I would always say at the start of these teen clinics, it's always easier to work on a health and balance model rather than trying to fix or address an issue once it's been exposed. So honesty and getting support for yourselves as the adults and as the parents would be my number one top tip for healthy relationships with teenagers. And to build in your home a trust that no matter what behavior comes up, the love for each other is not in question. The behavior is what needs to be addressed. That's very, very important. So let's see what questions came in this month. My first one is, my son seems to have got in with the wrong crowd and he won't listen when I tell him not to hang with them. Well, that is going to be the case for the rest of their lives. We really do not have control over who they should be friends with. And if we tried to control that when they were in primary school, we probably didn't give them the skills to be able to discern for themselves what was um, an appropriate relationship or an inappropriate relationship. And actually, that's our job. We need to give them the skills to be able to recognize when someone's using them or abusing them, taking advantage of them, getting them to do all the work while they sit back and and have some fun. 
Um, and what I have learned very clearly is that teenagers can be different with adults to the way they are with each other. And so teenagers can show us what they want us to see about their behavior and not necessarily the truth of who their characters are. Teenagers see their their characters a lot better, a lot clearer, a lot cleaner and without the uh, illusion that they might have put in place to, to get us on their side. Because, of course, they really want their par- their friends' parents to like them. You know, that's the manipulation that comes in with teenage years. And if we're really honest, we can spot it a mile off when someone comes to our home and um, is hoping to make us like them, just like we can spot it in the office. So I would say um, get underneath the outside of who you think your kid should be friends with and who you shouldn't and get to know the people that they're friends with. Consider your the judgments that you have about what you consider to be a good friend or a bad friend and ask yourself where those judgments come from and if what you're judging is important or not to your child what it is they might be looking for in a relationship that is different to what you might be looking for in a relationship. If the friends that they're hanging with are going out to parties, if they are um, behaving in ways that you can see are slightly out of control, consider why your child would want to be, um, you know, getting involved in that themselves. So often we don't actually want to see that it's our child that might be the leader and not the follower. Um, and being a leader is a strength. We've just got to you know, find that way of leading in the right area. So when they start to want to do the um, parties, they're wanting social interaction. They've seen you have social interaction and have parties and seen how much fun it can be. They've seen you have parties with... Um, alcohol and therefore they think that that's being adult uh, they think that when they can have alcohol at parties it, with or without parent permission or with or without adult knowledge that it is a sign of growing up and you know you're you're they're turning into adults they don't understand the consequences of that alcohol on the brain and on the brain development and on um, their outcomes and their behavior, which obviously fires up the amygdala, the spontaneous kind of let's just do it part of the brain and dulls the part that's to do with reasoning and decision making. So I can see why you might want to change who your um, kid is friends with, but it is not wise to... Um, suddenly try and take them away from their friends without actually understanding why they are friends with them in the first place. There might be something that your uh, teen is trying to communicate with you about growing up. Uh, They might be trying to communicate with you about some lack of skills they have, social skills, emotional skills. And it's really well worth actually understanding why they want to be friends with those people and teasing out how they're going and um, what's going on for them before you uh, before you actually take away their their lifeline which is their friends because they're either going to want to hang with one group or another group and from what I've seen every group has their issues so it's just a question of um, which issues we want them to have or not have 
really, we don't want them to have any issues, do we? We want them to be rounded individuals who know their own selves and they know how to navigate um, relationships and friendships and decision-making. So that's the skill that we need to offer them. Second question, my son doesn't seem to eat at school. Is this a problem? Well, as we said, behavior is always an indication of what's going on underneath. And um, I... When someone doesn't eat in a situation, it might be that they're very busy, but it might also be that uh, they don't have the capacity to digest because there's a level of anxiety that they're experiencing that they're really struggling with. And because they're really struggling with it, they would much rather not eat and uh, until they get home where they feel they're in a safe environment and then they can eat and digest in a much simpler way. They need to make sure that there is a healthy meal at the end of the day. And to be honest with you, most parents go back to work when um, when uh, teenagers are in high school. So I don't know how you're going to navigate knowing what food is there, but my suggestion would be to make sure that what you've got in the fridge is really good quality food and that um, they are able to have something to eat the moment they get home that is more um, sustainable than just the sugary hit. And then you're, you're aware of what they're eating. Another question about a daughter this time. My daughter has started to wear a lot of makeup to school and won't listen when I tell her to take it off. Okay, first of all, let's take a step back. What does makeup do? What does makeup tell us? Makeup is about trying to change your face um, to be more appealing to another. It is about um, changing your face so you feel more comfortable in your skin. It is about using a a tool um, to feel good about yourself, to like what you see in the mirror and to present what you would like to present to the world. So if someone starts wearing a lot of makeup when they haven't worn makeup before, it it could be an indication that there's a self-esteem issue. It could be something that they're actually just enjoying experimenting with. Now, some schools have very strict makeup policies and will have wet wipes at school. If you turn up at school, they just take you into the office and they make you take it off. But for, for some that's okay because they got to school in their makeup and they will put their makeup before they go home from school. And so there's a, again, don't forget the hormones that are around at this time. It's about, um, there's a, there's a, a jeopardy of being seen and you want to be seen in your best light and the social media that's got an image now and you have to live up to a particular image. All of that comes into play. But there's clearly a self-esteem issue there. And again, in the home, all we can do is build the self-esteem for a young person to feel that you accept them for who they are, makeup or no makeup. And, so, and makeup will actually start affecting the, the, the skin and how the skin is, is feeling and how it's, um, it's processing in it because it's an excretory organ. So it's going to... Um, you're going to get spots if you don't actually allow your skin to breathe. So for the young person themselves, they will get their own feedback loop that they're wearing too much makeup. So work out what the rules are at school and just keep um, just keep complimenting in a true and honest way the person that they are. 
you know, they might do their makeup really well. I see some girls who actually don't wear heavy makeup. They wear light makeup. It's beautiful. They look beautiful. You can see they feel more confident in themselves. Uh, makeup isn't always bad. And so just understand uh, the reason why rather than the behavior itself. Um, my daughter wants to go to a, lot, a load of parties now, but I'm worried she's doing things that will get her into trouble. Uh, what can I do? Oh, my goodness. Well, don't forget you're the adult and you say who can go where and who can do what. Um, I have seen that adult saying who can go where and who can do what go very badly wrong. Um, and the, the child just or the teen just climb straight out of the window or go without the parent's permission. It's much easier to um, have a negotiation and have a conversation. Again, don't forget there is a massive fear in teenage life of, of missing out. And if you're not at the party on the weekend, how can you discuss it um, during the week? At the same time, teenagers are really savvy. They know what parties they want to go to and what ones they don't want to go to. And if they don't want to get involved in all of those things, there won't actually be a pull to go. Um, so if there is a pull to go, there is a need to fit into a group. And you have to remember back to when you were at school. Did you want to fit into the group? Were you worried about fitting in? And have you had conversations with your child as they were growing up about the importance of fitting in and having you know, a good crowd? And have you encouraged all of that? Um, in their early primary school or, you know, part of the way through the high school. And all of a sudden, when you see it getting out of your control, you actually start going, oh, maybe I don't want you to fit in. Maybe it's okay to, to step, to set out from the norm and be out of the in crowd and not be in the popular group. A lot of the things that teenagers model come from what their parents have modeled. So it's not necessarily what you're saying it's actually what you're doing that speaks volumes we've got mirroring neurons and um, in when they're teenagers the mirroring neurons are going crazy they're watching and learning same in childhood watching and learning watching and learning and that um, what you say holds less importance than what you're doing and um, it's when in teenage life that they can come back at you and say, well, that's not what you do. They'll actually start respecting you less. You might have noticed that. Um, so I would say it's super important um, in terms of parties to have a very good party plan. Um, you need to know where they are at all times. And the reason you need to know where they are at all times is if they need you, you can be there without asking a ton of questions about why they're somewhere you, they didn't say they would be. And it's really important you have that relationship first because things can go very wrong very quickly at parties and you need to be there very quickly if they need you. At the same time, how amazing is it for someone to go to a party, have a great time and not need you? Amazing. Fantastic. Um, a social life is is can be great fun and it cannot involve alcohol um, and you can demonstrate that and it, there can be parties where um, where you don't have uh, the drama uh, that added, alcohol adds and if we're really honest it it does heighten moods and emotions and things are far more likely to go wrong when alcohol is involved so actually find out a little bit about the parents um, whether they're likely to have alcohol at the party whether they've got bouncers lots of communication again comes back to that doesn't it how willing are we to talk about you know who's going to the party and why do they want to go who's going to be there and if you develop that level of communication without it being intrusive 
but about um, safety, then you're far more likely um, to have your teenager not feel like you're doing the Spanish Inquisition every time. You just set a rule. This is what's going to happen with parties. Um, you might say, I'm going to call the parents. Um, so I need to know the parents' uh, names and phone numbers. I need to know they're going to be there. I need to know how you're going to get there. I need to know how you're going to get home. Start maybe knowing some of the other parents and do a carpool. Um, and if someone's going to stay at someone's house, you need to actually make sure they are staying at that person's house and uh, speak to the parents. Um, and just build a relationship with your, your teen that is based on honesty, um, reminding them that it's far easier to deal with honesty than it is to deal with a lack of honesty because then uh, you will start to worry more and you will start to, um, to have a, a more um, intense Spanish inquisition. <laughs> Um, my son doesn't seem to be doing his homework. Should I call the school? Okay, look, this is where we teach our, our children about accountability and responsibility. Uh, the homework is theirs. It's not your homework. Um, the responsibility is theirs. It's not yours. However, um, you, are, you can be aware of um, how they're managing their time. And they, those are skills that need to be learnt. And if they learn them early on then you skill them up for, for finishing school. The be-all and end-all isn't the HSE. There are a gazillion ways that they can get on and do what they want to do in life. It's just a, a tool to benchmark everybody. And so it's a tool that's, that's used to get into university or to, um, to say that they have achieved a particular standard. The pressure that goes with the HSE is immense and we underestimate how it affects teenagers. But the homework is important in the sense that it consolidates the information they've learnt at school, mostly, and um, gives them, it keeps them learn knowing how to revise in their own time away from that communal environment. In that case, it's just about saying, you know, what would support you better? Would a quiet environment support you? And, you know, not all of us have homes that can have separate rooms and um, separate rooms for study, but creating an environment is wise. Um, very often they will want music to study with. Silence can be very challenging. Um, that's an issue in itself. I think silence is really important to have in the home and um, it it does help the brain concentrate better. There is there is no doubt about that. But um, silence can be very challenging for teenagers because it's not what they're used to anymore. So um, worth looking at the style of what's going on for, for your um, young person about how they work and how they do their homework, what homework they've got, and um, make their education theirs so that they actively take part in it. Homework, if you can, if you can say, look, you know, do it as soon as you get in or um, have a break, do it straight away before any devices get turned on. That's wise. The moment the devices are turned on or the television's turned on, the motivation just goes down exponentially, really. How can I prepare my son for what is ahead? Okay, top tip. Don't make everything about the HSC. Um, I, my, my daughter said to me when she got into uh, year 12 and I started saying, look, don't worry, keep it in perspective. She just said, you know, you've told me for 13 years that, you know, I've got to prepare for this HSE and now I'm in doing the HSE, you're telling me it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, 
that was a number of years ago and I've parented a few others and mentored many through the HSC and had to realise that I'm not alone in that. The school, everybody, you know, prepares you for this final year. Um, and then, and then you know, all of a sudden we've got to keep it in perspective. And rightly so, because we have uh, young people uh, not handling it and thinking that the answer is self-harm so we've and we have a massive mental health issue with youth so it is something that we need to be aware of um the best skills we can give our 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 children is to know that they are amazing beings and that their values for their values and who they are and what they bring to the world is part and parcel of of an equally valuable part of what they're learning and how they learn and why they're learning needs to be important for them so if they want to be a mechanic then they need to learn the skills in order to be an awesome mechanic so that they can offer that skill to the world if they want to be an accountant then those are the skills if they if they would like to you know work in a hotel chain if they want to be a um, if they want to work in the health field and medicine you know all of these skills just getting an idea of the person that they are whether they're good with people with systems with um, uh, whether what kind of confidence they have whether they're good with technology looking at those sorts of skills and helping them understand how they're how they tick that prepares your child for the for the way ahead um, how to cope with emotional ups and downs that all helps they'll figure a lot of the other things out for themselves if you can give them those skills so those are all the questions i've got for this week it has been great having you um with with us um the next one's coming up we've got boundaries for teen independence one of my favorite subjects so um send your questions in i look forward to receiving them so until next time number one top tip Make sure you put honesty and getting support for yourself with any of anything that's coming up, your number one priority, because if you can be solid and consistent, your team will be their amazing selves. Till next time. Bye. Bye.